You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. Good morning, everybody. Boy, it's good to see you this morning. I'm looking around the room. It looks like we're a little fuller than we are normally. At the 9 o'clock service, uh, there were some people that were missing. We feel like maybe they just dribbled over into the 11 o'clock with the time change. So it's good to see your bright and shining faces this morning. Uh, I am excited today. I'm going to begin a new series this morning with you called Everyone. But uh, before I do that, I just want to make sure that I mention that this Thursday at 111 at 630, for those of you that read our spiritual biography of the month last month called Bruchko by Bruce Olson, we'll be discussing that. And you are welcome to join us. What a cool book. I've heard from a number of you uh, that have enjoyed uh, that, that book and the incredible story of Bruce. Actually, it comes up in the message in a little bit, uh, and how he went to Columbia and ended up ministering to a group of people who had no contact with the outside world whatsoever. So do join us if you'd like to uh, at 6.30 at 1.11. You'll have uh, something nice to drink, and then we'll discuss uh, Bruce. And then this coming month, if you haven't read with us yet, you're welcome to join at any time, whether or not you come to the discussion. We are reading Amazing Grace uh, by Eric Metaxas. This is the true story of William Wilberforce, who is often an unknown name. Uh, in the, He's the, really the man who single-handedly brought down the slave trade in the British Empire, uh, which ultimately the ending of the slave trade actually ended the British Empire uh, as, as we know it. And uh, this is an incredible story of a very normal man, a lot like you and I, who just faithfully continued to, to live out the calling that God had for him just step by step and push against this very evil thing of slavery. And so uh, you can pick that up. We have it at guest services if you'd like to buy it there. Of course, you can get it on Amazon, listen to it on uh, Audible, and be a part of this. We're feeding ourselves something different than what the world offers all the time. There's plenty of stuff that you can watch on Netflix and YouTube and all those kinds of things, but this will feed your spirit and it will inspire your faith. So I want to invite you to join with us in that. All right, somebody say everyone. Everyone. Everyone is everyone. And we're going to begin a series this morning. And my goal and my heart over the next four weeks is that you would understand at a deeper level, not just intellectually, but you would understand that God loves all people everywhere at all times, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for every single person and that no one escapes God's love, his love and his desire for relationship with every person on the planet is something that no one can escape. You might resist it, but the reality is his attention is focused on every single person, not just people that come to church, not people that are nice, not people that are good, but every person that has ever lived and ever will live and lives today on the planet. My, my hope over these four weeks is that you will be inspired and motivated uh, to love God in a new way, to know him, uh, and to share him with others. This really is uh, my desire, is that over the next four weeks, that if we, for this series to be a win, what I like to see is the following. I like to see everyone who is unsaved at Koinonia Church over the next four weeks get saved. Okay, that's my desire. Now, 
You might be here this morning and you're not so sure about Jesus. You're, you find yourself skeptical about his claims. You maybe like the people, kind of, that are around you. Uh, you're, but you're not so sure about Jesus. You might think he was a nice teacher. You might think a lot of things about him, but you have not been convinced yet that he deserves your whole heart and your whole mind. My goal this morning is to draw you in to that invitation that he offers to you of a deep and real relationship with Jesus that actually will change everything. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's not just uh, that he's a nice teacher and that you're going to live morally in a different way. He actually invites you into something that will change your life forever and it will change your destiny for eternity. So my goal is that everybody will get saved. That's really what I want. Number two, my goal is that everyone who hears this series, so that's everybody in the room today, that over uh, the next couple of weeks, you will speak with an unsaved person. We do usually normally as we go about in our life, but you will speak to them about Christ and that you would bring them to an opportunity or at least offer them an opportunity to actually know Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that might seem a little bit uh, fearful, a little bit uh, daunting to you. Maybe you find yourself uh, a little bit afraid of opening your mouth and sharing your faith with others. Maybe you think, man, I'm not, I don't know enough. What if they ask a question? There's all kinds of reasons why we say we're not ready to share with others. And I want to encourage you in this series, you're going to find that you are ready, that you are called, that you have what is required. And I want to inspire you and encourage you. And if, if I'm your pastor, just kind of give you a little nudge. Hey, you can do it and you should do it. Let's make an effort over these next four weeks. For, uh, th uh, thirdly, furthermore, everyone, I want to see them invite an unsaved person to church. What a great time. Easter is coming around just around the corner. What a great time to invite people into God's house. You'll find right now that people are more open, I think, than ever before. There, there has been uh, so many things in this world that have been broken uh, all the things that people thought they could rely on, they're discovering they can't rely on them. And there's a new openness uh, to that very simple invitation to come into a relationship with Christ. Oftentimes, that very simple invitation of coming to church and come and check out what's going on. And then lastly, my desire is that everyone in the house would draw your circle in your life a little bit larger so that you let more people in. What I mean by that is that every, every one of us has a circle that we sort of draw around the people that are part of our life, our family, our friends, uh, those close to us, maybe some of our coworkers, and we draw the circle around. It's kind of a circle of influence, a circle of those people that we think that, that we're in relationship with, and my desire and my heart is that you would begin to draw that circle a little bit larger that you would realize that you're called, that you have a purpose in this earth, that the people around you, they want to be included in your circle very often, and that you, as you do that, you're going to begin to see God's hand move in a greater way. Now, let me just give you a definition of what everyone means, because just in case you're not sure that everyone means everyone, who, who we're talking about is this. We're talking about all people of all races and all backgrounds. I mentioned uh, Bruce Olson just a moment ago. 
Uh, you know, sometimes when we think about everyone, we tend to think, well, everybody in the U.S. or everybody, you know, sort of around that, that I, I know. But uh, Bruce actually, when he was, uh, came to know Christ, he was probably 19 or 20. He was a baby Christian, didn't know a lot about the Bible, didn't know a lot about the Lord, but he really felt impressed that God was calling him to go to South America. He was untrained. There's no reason, really, that he felt prepared to do this except that he had this thing that he couldn't shake in his heart that God was telling him to go to the people in South America that were unreached, and not just unreached by the gospel, but unreached by the Western world. There was a number of tribes there, one in particular, the Motolone Indians or Motolone Natives, uh, who had, were, they were really kind of Stone Age. They, they were out of contact with the Western world entirely. They were known as a violent tribe. They didn't want to have anything to do with anyone. And for some crazy reason, he felt that God loved them and that God was calling him to go uh, and, and meet them and bring the message of the gospel to him. Well, he went and he gave his life. Now, 50 years later, there has been incredible transformation. The gospel now is in their language. It was, it was not even a written language before. It's now a written language. And they have the scriptures, and their tribe has been transformed by the message of the gospel. And it wasn't just one person. I mean, it took him years. He gave his life to this purpose, began with one person, and then suddenly the entire tribe began to receive the message of the gospel because God cares about everyone. He cares about everyone on the planet. He cares about the hipsters in San Francisco and the rich kids in OC. And he cares about the Norteños in Huron. He cares about everybody, guys. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. Young people and old people. Got any young people in the house today? A lot of old people today God cares about, I guess. All backgrounds of life, every kind of people that there are, bikers and bankers, educated and uneducated, nobody's left out. There's no exception. When, when we talk about everyone and how God's love is reaching out to everyone, we are talking about everyone. Now, this is what I know about everyone. I know that everybody needs a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior. You can't save yourself. There's no way that you can get into an eternity with God by yourself. And until you come to the understanding that you don't got it in, in and of yourself, then you don't really understand your need for a Savior, for salvation. Everyone, I know this, needs hope. We are called, one of the greatest things I think that we're called to be as Christians is we're called to be hope dealers. There's a lot of other kind of dealers in this world. But I tell you what, you're a hope dealer. You're a person who's able to look at other people and say, there's hope for you. There's hope for your future. You, you might have messed up. Your life might be broken in some ways. But there is a plan that God has for you that he can take the situation that you're in right now and he can turn it around and he can use it. And you may not be able to see it, but I'm going to lend you some hope because I know a God who can take that which is dead and bring it back to life, take that which is broken and repair it. This is the kind of God that we serve. Everyone I know needs forgiveness. Everyone needs forgiveness. We need forgiveness for what we've done, and it's not enough just to ask for forgiveness from someone else. There is an eternal need that we have, a desperate need for forgiveness. Everyone needs love. Everyone needs a second chance, and everyone needs a future. 
There is no doubt about it. Now, what I'd like to do this morning is, is just begin to, to thicken our theology just a little bit. I don't want to just give you a couple of nice ideas. I want to give you some God ideas. I want to give you some biblical foundation for why we should actually believe that everyone, not only God loves everyone, but they should, are so important to God, and they should also be that important to us. Now, that's not just a nice idea, and so it's important for us to actually have our theology, that is, our belief system, stronger than we have it right now many times. Far too often, our theology is very thin. It's very weak. It might be based on one uh, verse. It might be based on some nice ideas. It might be based on a message you heard somewhere on Sunday. I'm going to give you some verses right now that should be hidden in your heart if you're a follower of Christ that should begin to inform you about how you are to approach the world. Why is everyone important? Well, everyone is important because God says they're important. So Acts chapter 17 Verse 26 through 28, this is what it says. It says, God made from one stock, that is one people, one origin, Adam and Eve, every race of humans to live on the whole face of the earth. Now that just defeats racism right there because we're all from one source, one origin. We all come from one central stock. Now it says this, God allotted them their properly ordained times and their boundaries for their dwellings. What that means is that God decided where you were born, when you were born, who your parents were, what the situation was, if you were born on the north side of the tracks or the south side of the tracks. He decided all of that sovereignly. He ordained every person on the planet when and where they would be born and how they would live. Now, why did he do that? Verse 27 tells us why. It says the aim, that is God's desire, was that they would search for God, and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Indeed, he is actually not far from each one of us. Thank God. He is not far from each one of us. God has actually set things up. He's set people up. He's put them in a certain situation to maximize their openness to the gospel. See, God is actually working in your life, and he's working in every person's life on the planet. He's putting things together in such a way that he is not far from them. All they have to do is reach out and be able to touch him and be able to come into his kingdom. Everyone who is on the planet is invited to the table. Everyone is invited to the kingdom of God. The ground, as it has been said many times, is level at the cross. No matter how bad you are or how good you are, all of us are equal at the cross. Matthew 7, 8 says this, and I want you actually to read this with me. So look up at the screen and look up at this. This is Matthew 7. It's reading in a loud voice. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Everyone who asks, everyone who seeks, everyone who knocks, they are invited, but not only that, they are promised that God is going to respond. The context of this verse says, hey, if you're looking for God, if you're seeking truth, if you're seeking to reach out to the King of kings and Lord of lords, the promise is he is going to meet you. And you'll find in Scripture that the more hungry you are, the more passionate you are, the more desperate you are for the things of, the God, of God, the more ready he is to rush to meet you right 
where you're at. Now, I want to encourage you this morning to take some notes, as I always do. There's some blank sheets of paper and the seat backs in front of you. I'm going to give you a number of different ideas and thoughts that I'd really like to invite you, if you're a part of this church in particular, I'd like to invite you not only to take these notes, but to review them. Because what I'm believing and what I'm asking the Lord to do in our hearts over this next four weeks is that he would begin to change us that he began to change the way we think and the way that we feel, the way that we see the people around us. And part of that is beginning to put this into our spirit in a way that can be transformational. So are you going to take some notes this morning? Yeah. All right. Just, just pretend with me, like pretend this morning. Are you going to take some notes this morning? Yeah. Okay, okay, all right. I got some people pretending with me. That's good. All right. I want you to write this down. Number one is, or, or the first section is this, getting the right perspective on everyone. We need to have the right perspective when it comes to everyone. Number one, everyone is important to God. Everyone on the planet is important to God. We know John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus tells the parable of the 99 and the 1. He speaks of a shepherd with 100 sheep and one goes missing. And he leaves the 99 and he hunts after the one because the one is valuable. Even though the 99 are where it would seem most of the value is, even though the 99 are the ones that are not the problem children, even though the 99 are doing what they are supposed to do, the shepherd leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. Why? Because the one is valuable. Everyone on the planet is valuable to God. The crackpot and the crackhead, the criminal and the cop, those that push pencils and those that push brooms, everybody is important to God. Your soul this morning matters to God, and it should matter to us. It certainly matters to me. And that takes us to number two, everyone is important to true believers. What do I mean by that? When I say true believers, what I mean is true disciples, true followers of God. If you're truly a follower of the Lord this morning, then you need to understand and you need to know that whatever is important to God has to be important to us. Whatever God values, we have to value. Whatever he thinks is important, we must think is important. And if we're going to follow Christ and we're going to give him everything, that means we're going to have to begin to restructure and change the things we value, the way we think, what we think is important based on what he says is important. Matthew 6, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and he'll take care of everything else. Now, everything that we do in faith to, to make it easier for others to know about God, that is called evangelism. Everything we do to open the door for others to have a relationship with Jesus is part of evangelism. We use this term evangelism. It means to tell the good news. And oftentimes evangelism, when we hear that word, we get afraid of that word. We don't want to talk about that word because it sounds like we're going on the street corners and we're starting to shout at people or we're trying to push our faith on people. But the reality is, is simply what evangelism is, is give good news to people who need to hear it. It's giving the good news to people who are on the down and out, who are broken and who need to hear the message that God loves them, that there's hope for their life, that it ain't over yet, that God is actually working on their behalf. And so we have to have a heart check this morning. We want to have a heart check to see, do I really value in my heart 
only my own family? Do I only value really truthfully only the people in my circle? Or do I actually value people the way that God values them? It's time for us to begin to expand our understanding of how we are to love everyone. Thirdly, everyone is included and no one is left out. Thank God for that. Everyone is included and no one is left out. The good news is that God loves all, all flesh, all people, everywhere and always. Jesus on the, cro- on the cross with his arms outstretched, the symbol of the love. How much does Jesus love us? He loves us this much. To g- he gave his whole life for us. He's reaching out continually and constantly to you and to me and to every person on the planet to come to him. Number four, write this down. Everyone is under God's mighty love. Everyone is under God's mighty love. There is like an umbrella that covers the universe, and that umbrella is the umbrella of God's love. God's love is directed towards every person on the planet. He's seeking to have a relationship with every single person. He's seeking constantly that they would turn to him, that they would look for him. There's no place that people can go that's outside of the reach of God's mighty and sovereign love. This is what Psalms 139 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Wherever you go, God is there. God can reach you. His hand is on your life. You might be feeling distant from the Lord today. I want you to know you're not too distant from him. His hand is on your life. He is not far away. He has made himself available to you. Number five, the last section, or the last point rather under this section, everyone is in God's sight. He sees you. He sees me. He sees the little, ch- the, the, the little child born in impoverished conditions across the world from here. He sees the rich and he sees the poor. The Lord, it says, Proverbs 15 says, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. God's heart is that the entire planet would come to know him. Now, the challenge is, is very often we might know that in our mind intellectually. We might say, yeah, that's what the Scripture says. But when it comes to actually having faith, believing, and acting as if others, the world, can know God, that is where the, it's difficult. I'll say, yeah, I believe John 3.16, but I don't believe it to the extent that it changes what I say to the people around me. And that's what I want to talk to you about, about actually increasing your faith, growing your faith for everyone. So that when you walk in your life, that you would have a different kind of perspective, not only perspective, but a different kind of expectation, that you would have faith that God actually can change people's lives 
that you would have faith that your family members who have been resistant to hearing the gospel actually can, in fact, come into the kingdom, that you would have faith that your kids who have walked away and are in some other thing, other lifestyle, that they can actually be reached by God and brought, be brought back into his kingdom, that you have faith that the people that are around you, your coworkers and your neighbors, that they are actually on course to meet with the Lord and that the Lord actually wants to use you in that meeting. Number one, write this down, receiving faith for everyone. Number one is this, everyone can be reconciled to God. Everyone can be reconciled to God. Kings and queens and people in power, prostitutes and writers and lawyers and politicians and housewives and stock traders and school principals and Starbucks baristas and farmers and field workers, homeless and addicts, abused and the abuser, every single person, every kind of person, every kind of experience that they've ever had can be reconciled to God. No one is too far from the reach of God's mighty arm of love, that he can bring anyone that has had any kind of experience back to him, and all it requires is for them to reach out for him. Now, the challenge with that is, is that it, many times it goes against our judgments. We have a, a Quinonia School of Ministry on Tuesday nights where we dive deeply into the Scripture and trying to learn what the Scripture says about these topics, and we were talking about this specific idea of God's sovereign love, Jesus' sacrifice and salvation being available to every person on the planet. And one of the students raised their hand and said, you know, what do you say to people who have a very difficult time believing that, uh, it, that God would actually forgive those who, are on, who, who have lived a terrible life, forgive those who are child abusers and murderers and rapists, and all they have to do, they can live a life like hell for their entire life, and all they have to do at the end is reach out to the Lord and call upon his name and be saved. How do you actually believe in a God like that? I can't believe in a God that would do that. What do you say to those people? I thought for a second, well, that's a good question. And I said, well, the truth is, is those people think too much of themselves. They don't think enough of their own sin. They don't realize the actual state of every person on the planet that nobody has any kind of hope whatsoever, that you can't get in no matter how good you are, that God's good graces are not based on your performance, they're based on his son's sacrifice. That's, and that's why no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, there's always hope for you. And if you, the problem is, is that we just think we're better than the murderer and the rapist, and we're not, guys. Or not. In God's eternal equation, every person, the door is open for them, no matter what they've done. Thank God for his mercy because there's room for me. Thank God for his mercy. There's room for you, and every one of us can be reconciled to God. Number two, everyone is within the reach of God's love. Not only can they be reconciled, but God is actually able to reach out to them. He's actually able to find them even when they're at their worst. No one is too far gone. It reminds me of the story that I read uh, recently of uh, a man who was making fun of a preacher, an evangelist, and uh, he had actually gone to the point of, of being able to mimic the evangelist's accent, and he had memorized 
his message, his sermon, and he would make uh, he would basically make a mockery of this evangelist by play acting at the sermon word for word from beginning to end while he's drinking with his buddies and they're laughing to death about this incredible entertainment because this guy did not believe in God. Well, the problem was is that he was saying word for word what the preacher said and word for word the verses of, of salvation within scripture. And one time in the midst of his performance, while all his friends are laughing as he's declaring the scripture and the truth of God's word, Suddenly it had effect on him, and he realized, oh, he shut up, and he got saved. <laughs> Everyone can be reconciled to God, even the person in the middle of committing sin, in the middle of doing the thing that's terrible. God can call them. God can save them no matter what their situation. Thank God for his grace. Thank God there's room. Thank God he's available. Number three is this. Write this down. Everyone is created for relationship with God. Everyone is created for a relationship with God. Every person on the planet has a God-shaped hole that needs to be filled only with his divine, it can only be filled with his love and his salvation and his hope. And we try to fill it with many other things. We try to fill it with the love of human beings. We try to fill it with entertainment. We try to fill it with substances. We try to fill it with work. We try to fill it with success. But there's only one thing that fills it, and that is God himself, because each of us have been created for relationship with him. God wants to know us. He wants to know you. Number four, everyone in any situation can respond to God. Everyone in any situation can respond to God. Maybe you're at the top of your game or you're broken and you're down and out. Maybe you have questions today. Maybe you're in the midst of crisis or you think you have it all figured out. Maybe you're just in the routine of life and the ordinary things that are going on or you're in the desperate place wherever you're at, wherever people are at, they can respond no matter what their situation to the Lord. Just about three weeks ago, I heard the story of a young person who was just trying to stretch their faith and reach out and sharing about God's love and, and tell others about who God was and invite them into a relationship with them, with, with him. And this young person, they were at the Tulare uh, the, the movie theater that's there, you know, the nice ones with the stadium seats where you can, you know, kick back. And, and, uh, and, and they didn't, they just were looking around and, and they just felt like God said, you know, just talk to the person at the ticket counter behind the glass through the PA system. And this person's thinking, what are you, the Lord, this is crazy. Oh, there's, there's no way that this person is going to, listen, they're, they're working. This is not the time to do this. And they said, oh, okay, God. And they go up to the ticket counter, and there through that little cheesy speaker thing, they said to them, I'm sorry, I'm not here to buy a ticket, but I just wanted to ask you a question. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And the person said, no. Would you like to? Yes. Well, let me introduce you. They led them to Jesus through the speaker system as all the other people are watch, waiting to buy their tickets. The amplification's coming through the speaker. Everyone, anytime, can respond to God. Listen, heaven is open right now. The door is open with an invitation for you and for me. This is what Isaiah 59 verse 1 says. I don't think I have it on the screen. I'm pretty sure I don't. It says this, don't think that the Lord is too weak to save you or too deaf to hear your call for help. Don't think that the Lord is too weak to save you or too deaf to hear your call 
for help. Right now, just, just begin to imagine in your mind's eye, I want you to think about with faith your family, those who don't know Christ. Begin, begin to think, Lord God, you can save them. You, you can speak to them. You can change their situation. You can step in on the scene in their life. Begin to think about, about your coworkers and the people that you work with. And you know the people, that they don't follow the Lord. They don't know the Lord. They're maybe have expressed they're not even interested in the Lord. They've told you, don't even talk to me about the Lord. Just begin to have faith that God is actually setting things up. He's adjusting things in their life. He's moving things so that they're going to be ready to receive the message of hope and salvation of the gospel. Begin to think about your your neighbors, that God actually has an encounter and a divine appointment for them that set aside that he wants to have a relationship with them. God, we got to change our expectation. Lord, would you begin to change our heart to be able to see that you want to have a relationship with everyone, and what's more, that I, that you, are actually called to be a part of that process. Oh, God, give me the faith that I actually would see myself beginning to speak, would see myself beginning to reach out, would begin to understand that, that you actually are aligning things to use me. Lord, Lord, increase my faith because when it comes to faith, oftentimes we think, I, I'm, I'm not equipped. I don't, I don't have enough. I'm not ready. They're going to ask me some question I don't have the answer to. We, we think of all the reasons why we should doubt rather than have faith. And I just want to tell you this morning, it's you that God wants to use. He doesn't just want to use this skinny white boy. I used to be skinny. This, this white boy who's preaching up here, right? He doesn't want to just use somebody that has lots of education, the Bible, or has memorized a bunch of verses. He wants to use you where you're at with your family, with the people that you know, with the people that you work with, with the people that you go to the store and encounter there. He wants to use you. God, would you increase our faith so that we can begin to understand your divine process? how we actually are part of your plan. Let me just end with this, this last section, write it down. We need change. The truth is we, we need to change a little bit. The, the truth is, is uh, our thinking needs to change, and our heart needs to change, and our value systems need to change. We find it very difficult in this kind of culture to even step out and begin to share our faith because the culture has told us to shut up. The truth is, is that this is a very counter-cultural message that I'm giving you this morning. Our culture says, don't try to tell anybody else about your faith. They say, you can live whatever you believe, whatever you want to believe, but don't try to tell somebody else because let them live their life the way that they want to. And everything it would seem in our culture is pressing against us and telling us to shut up that we don't have anything to say, that somehow it's wrong to share the good news. But the truth is, if it's good news, it should be shared. If it's good news that can save someone from eternal separation from God and instead bring them into eternal relationship with God, that's something some people need to hear. Everyone needs to hear. I can't let the culture dictate whether or not I'm going to share the good news. I can't wait for the culture to give me an opportunity. I have to understand that I'm a countercultural kind of a person as a Christian. I don't live within the system as a Christian. I live outside the system as a supernatural person who is called by God to inject the life of God, supernatural words and life offered to the world. So we need to change. Number one, we need to change our thinking. I want you to know God is on the move. 
and that people are ready to come into the kingdom of God. Jesus said the field, the fields are white unto harvest. In other words, when the fields are white unto harvest, you just walk through the field and you touch the grain and it just falls off because it's so ripe. You walk through the, through the orchard, right, and the peaches are so ripe, you just barely nudge them, you touch them, and they fall to the ground. They're so ripe unto harvest. You don't even have to try very much. All you gotta, all you gotta do is kind of nudge them. All you gotta do is say, would you like a relationship with Jesus? Have you heard about the good news? Do you know how to have a relationship with them? And suddenly they go, uh, no, can you please tell me? Yeah, sure, I'll tell you the good news. This is how you come in. The field right now are so ready. People have had things removed from their lives that have made them comfortable. And they are in a place where they have realized that the normal things that they have gone to don't work anymore. And you and I, we have the right message. We have the right message for the time that we're living in. Jeremiah 2.13 says this, my people, Jeremiah might as well be talking to our culture right now. He says, my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Boy, doesn't that sound like our culture? A culture that has abandoned God and then has turned and they have tried to find something to make this system work to hold water, but it's a cracked system. Our culture is telling people that the answer to their brokenness is simply to accept their brokenness, not actually seek solutions for their brokenness. We're telling people, no, however you are, that's just fine. That you can just be however you want to be and just accept yourself and accept others. And I just want to tell you, if you're broken, the best thing is to say, I'm broken. Can you help me be fixed? Can there be a solution for my situation? And instead, we're telling people, no, whatever you want, however you want to live, whatever deviant lifestyle, whatever deviant style that you want to go in, whatever thing you want to believe, no matter how ridiculous it is, that's cool because I'm cool with you. But the reality is, if it's broken and it's cracked, it's going to leak and it ain't going to get anybody anywhere. And so it's time for us to have a different kind of perspective. We have the right message, the message of hope, the message of restoration. I know a God that can heal you. I know a God that can change you. I know a God that can take your situation no matter how broken it is, and he can take brokenness, and he can heal it, and he can restore it, and he can take that which is ugly and that which is damaged, and he can turn it into something beautiful. I know a God who takes the dead and brings them back to life. He can take whatever situation that you can imagine, and he can do something with it. That's the message that we have. It's time for us to actually believe that we have the message that people need to hear. We have to believe that people are being prepared to hear, that actually God has arranged things in their life to prepare them to respond. If we started to look around us with that kind of perspective, we would see actually many more opportunities. And I'm not just talking about just standing on the street corner beginning to shout at people. That generally doesn't work too well. The best way and oftentimes the most effective way is for this to come out of relationship. It's for it to come out of conversation and invitation. It's, it's not to come out of anger and beginning to, to yell at people. It's, it's beginning to invite them into a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when we begin to understand that God is setting things up, we begin to perceive those people around us and when they are ready. 
that the questions that they're asking us, they're actually opening the door to go to a deeper level. But if we're so hesitant and we're so afraid and we're so scared to say anything, then oftentimes we'll keep going to the surface level and we'll never get to the heart level. We'll never actually begin to engage them in a conversation. Hey, do you know about Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you know where you're going when you die? Number two, so we need to change our thinking, number one. Number two, we need to change our actions. We need to change our actions. Reaching people for Christ needs to become our highest priority. Why? Because it's God's highest priority. So if we're followers of God, if we're followers of Christ, if we're disciples of Jesus, then we're going to adjust what we do. We're going to adjust our actions so that they align with his value system. They align with what he wants to do. That basically means we have to adjust our lifestyle. We need to position our lifestyle for sharing the good news with other people. Now, the problem with that is that is uncomfortable, and we like to be comfortable. We like to align our life in such a way that maximizes our personal comfort. And so what happens, and this happens with people in church all the time, we get in church, we get around good people, and pretty soon all of our relationships are with nice goody two-shoes people. They're with nice people, right? And I like nice people. Nice people are great. You know, the nice people are wonderful. And, but before you know it, you come into the church and two or three years later, all of your relationships are with people that are also pursuing Jesus Christ. Well, what about the rest of the world? What about those who are lost? What about those who need to hear the good news? Well, it requires us to adjust our lifestyle so that we're still in contact with them. It, it requires us to get out of our comfort zone. It requires us to draw the circle in a little bit different way. And, you know, people are not going to come into your house while you're sitting on the couch and say, would you tell me the good news about Jesus Christ, right? You're going to actually probably have to go out and be in environments where people who don't know Christ are and begin to build a relationship with them so they can see that you're different and you can begin to share with them the good news of how Christ has changed your life. So join a, a, a baseball team, join a softball team, join a, what do they do, pickleball these days. I mean, there's so many different ways you can adjust your lifestyle so that you can open up the door for those who don't have a relationship with Christ. And then thirdly, and this is finally, we need a change of heart. We need a change of heart. We need our heart to be for those who far away, are far away from God. The heart of Jesus is that he came to seek and save the lost. The heart of Jesus is that he came to die for us. Scripture says, while we were still sinners. It says, while we were enemies with God, Christ died for us. That's his heart, and that needs to be our heart. That means something has to shift in our understanding. Something has to shift in our love. Something has to shift in our attention and our value systems when it comes to those who don't know Christ. We're not supposed to disregard them. We're actually supposed to consider them. We're supposed to pursue them. We're supposed to love them. Our heart needs to be burdened for the lost. I'm coming to a conclusion here, but if you would just bow your head just for the moment and, and just in this subject in particular, this area of heart change, God, would you change our hearts? Would you, would you begin to adjust our value systems? We find, Lord, we're too comfortable. We find oftentimes we're afraid. We find we don't even think about people who don't know you. We find we're more concerned about what we want to do and what we want to watch and where we want to go and the next thing for us and the next place for us. And it's almost like we've completely forgotten 
the way that you have loved the world and, and loved us. Lord, would you begin to change our hearts? If, if that's you, if that speaks to you, and you just want to ask the Lord just to begin to change your heart, just raise your hand, just say, Lord, that's me. I, I need a change of heart. I need a, a change of my love. I, I don't find myself worried and concerned for the lost. I don't find myself burdened the way that you're burdened, Lord. Would you begin to, to change us from the inside out? Would you begin to shift our, our perspectives and our heart motivations and our love? Would you begin to change, Lord Jesus, the way that we're seeing people? Oh, God, would you give us a burden that we would begin to pray and, and press in? Would, would you change the way that we see those who need you? Would you stand to your feet? and I want to pray for one more group of people. And, so if you just continue with your heads bows and your eyes closed, do me a favor, don't run out of the building quite yet. I'm almost finished. Everybody just stay in their places just for a moment, just with heads bows and eyes closed. It would be really wrong of me to not end this message without an invitation to come to know Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about an invitation to come to know him intellectually. I'm not talking about an invitation just to agree that Jesus was a good teacher. I'm talking about an invitation to give everything in your whole life to him, where you're recognizing that your way is not working, that your way leads to death, that your way is broken, that your life can't be fixed without him, that the only hope that you have is Jesus and salvation in Jesus. And he simply says to everyone that's in that situation today, to everyone who's broken, to everyone who's hopeless, to everyone who finds themselves in a place where you're distant from the Lord, he simply says, would you reach out for me? Would you reach out for me? He says the table is, is open the door to heaven, I have opened it for you. And so all you need to do is reach out and receive my forgiveness, receive my grace, receive that invitation to new relationship, and he's going to change you from the inside out. It's a, it's a life exchange. It's a heart exchange. It's a giving up everything for him. And if you're in that situation, you know, that's me. I don't want to go another day without that relationship with Jesus, without giving my all to him. Just raise your hand and just raise it high and say, yes, Lord, that's me. I need that. I need that divine exchange. I need that relationship with you. And I do see hands all over. Just right now, church, and those of you with your hands raised, just begin to reach out to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I need you. I'm reaching out for you. Lord, I, I don't want to leave here without being changed from the inside out. I don't want to do things the same way. God, I'm not looking just for a nice experience today. I'm looking for an encounter with the God of the universe. Jesus, would you come close to every person with their hands raised? Come on, church, just begin to pray for them. Lord, we just pray right now. For every single person who's feeling distant from you, who's reaching out for faith, with faith today, who's reaching out for salvation, who's reaching out for transformation, God, that in this moment, they will receive new life. In this moment, they'll receive new hope. In this moment, they'll receive a fresh start, a new beginning. Would you just repeat after me, everybody in the house, Lord Jesus, I'm giving my life to you. I'm asking forgiveness. I've tried it on my own. I discovered it didn't work. And I'm receiving today your forgiveness. Cover me with your blood. Wash me of my sin. Give me new life. In your name. Amen. 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 Now, new life, new life requires 
some, some feeding. It requires some care and attention. And we want to help you grow in that. Prayer teams, if you come forward, if you raise your hand, we'd like to pray for you. Please let us know that you made that decision so that we can give you some material to help you grow in your faith. You can let us know by texting J-E-S-U-S to the number that's on the screen. You can let us know by filling out a card or just coming down, right down for prayer. And if you need prayer today, please come on down. God bless you guys. Remember, feed on this this week. Begin to increase your faith and ask God to open your eyes. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at caseyhamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.